Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you can get podcasts. Jamie's Log, Progressive, The Harrington's Backyard, Day 11, 4.43 a.m. The tent I set up in the Harrington's Backyard to prove Progressive has 24-7 protection has a rip in it, but a little rain won't stop me. Mrs. Harrington says she totally understands 24-7 protection means 24-7. Gonna stay a few more days to make sure. It's hailing now. That's fun. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. This is Stacking the Box with NFL insider Matt Berteram and Mark Carmen. It is Wednesday, October the 14th. It's Stacking the Box. Matt Berteram, I hear you're angry today. You're an angry Matt Berteram. I like when you're angry. I'm tired. I'm borderline hungry, even though I just ate like a half hour ago. So I'm uh, I'm keyed up. I'm ready to go. I, we got a lot to talk about. And I'm I'm ready to really dive in aggressively. I'm just gonna have to do story time though with Carm just to start her because you just t- tired and angry. Uh, you know I do the uh, the Bears post game show, which is now on Tuesday nights on WGN Radio. Story for another time. But uh, Dan Hampton was asked. What do you? What did you do before a game? And he said that him and Steve McMichael, who I know you you are well aware of, these yep. are two insane interior defensive linemen. Although Hampton played on both inside and outside at different points in his career, not the point. They would wake up on Sunday. They were roommates, and his method was to just start. He would make a huge pot of coffee and just start pounding coffee, and he wouldn't eat. So he would be hopped up on caffeine, super freaking irritated, and just like, what? Yeah, you know, just like completely on edge. And that's how he would play hungry and, and a pot of coffee. And that's how he'd go out and try to kill people. That doesn't, uh, this does not surprise me. I, you know, listen, not that by any means I am a professional athlete ever was, because Lord knows uh, that, that was never happening in any sport. But I played hockey at a reasonably high level in high school um, in, in New York. And, Four games, I was actually a polar opposite of that. Like, everybody has their thing, but I would bring that – I'll date myself a little bit, but like a Walkman or at the very end of my <laughs> high school career, like an iPod. And I would play – believe it or not, I'd play like symphony music, and I would and I would go to sleep. I'd get dressed with everything but my skates on, and I'd go to sleep in the locker room for like 20, 30 minutes just listening to like violins and pianos and it just really calmed me down. But I needed to be calm because I was keyed up the whole day for the games. We usually, you know, I play at night on the weekends. And uh, and I had to build myself up. Like, I had to build myself up all day. Then I'd calm down. I'd take a nap. And then I'd wake up and and then Wait. have about 10 minutes before the game, put my skates on, listen to the game plan one more time, and then just be absolutely ready to go by the time the, the puck was dropped. But... I did. I had to like. I had to calm myself down. Or I wouldn't play well because I'd be too keyed up. So I had to like. I had to calm myself down and let the game jack me back up as the day went on. So growing up in Upper New York, an hour Western and a half New York, outside New York City. What would Catskills. you call it? Catskills. Okay, growing up in the Catskills, Matt Verran would listen to Beethoven. <laughs> Not Beethoven, but like Jerry Goldsmith stuff. Like I listen to like like. Uh, I'm trying to Jurassic Park's theme or like, uh, you know, music from like Rudy or so like how yeah, no. strings are, and it would just, it would just calm me down. I always liked that kind of music. I still do. And so I just listened to it and 
Then I'd wake up, take the earbuds out, put the skates on. Our coach would say, okay, this is who's starting. This is our game plan, yada, yada, yada. And then I'd be, you know, we'd get on the ice, we'd warm up for five minutes, and I'd be, I'd be a, higher than, than the sun, ready to go for the game. That's but awesome. Yeah, I had to, like, calm myself down, or I would just be too keyed up, and I'd, I'd, I'd not play well. So what we learned here to start stacking the box on Wednesday, October 14th, is that Matt Verderam and the Hall of Famer Dan Hampton went about their pregames equally different, but both were extremely effective. That's what I, I got. I, I think Hampton probably has me. <laughs> I think maybe I should have done what he did. <laughs> it worked out better for I, I, him. Hey, you on the on the high school Catskills hockey level were just as successful as Hampton in the NFL. Those are different levels, but that's how we're going to call it today. A little bit. So, all right, let's get into it here, team, and thank you for putting on Stack in the Box. We really appreciate it. If you do have time to give a rating and uh, write a comment, we greatly appreciate that even more. Huge games this week, week six. We got Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers, which is sweet. Nobody really saw that coming this year, at least the Bucks and the Packers version of it. Uh, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, Bills and Chiefs, the Browns and the Steelers, kind of a borderline historic meeting between those two teams, combined eight and one. But uh, what do you? So I guess what are you most excited about between those three? I have to say Brady and Rodgers um, for obvious reasons. I mean, they've been great quarterbacks for so long, but they've been in opposite conferences, so they never really play each other. They've never played in the Super Bowl. This is a, the rare time when they play each other, and they're both coming off extra time off. I mean, Rodgers and the Packers off a of bye week. Brady, they played last Thursday, so they get the extra three days. And this is a big game. Like it really legitimately look, it's bigger for the Buccaneers. They're at home in the game. They're three and two. If they lose the three games behind the Packers in the loss column, and they they obviously lose the head to head tiebreaker with them. So that is a major issue in terms of home field advantage. But it's big for the Packers, too. Like the division, as much as we've talked about the Bears and if they're contenders or kind of fraudulent, whatever, they're four and one. Like they're there. They're playing well enough to keep winning. And if you're Green Bay, how much, even without fans, how much does home field matter to you in January, right? Like you would, I'm sure, prefer to be at Lambeau than you would in Seattle or Tampa or New Orleans. So th- this is a very big game. To me, it's the game of, of the day on Sunday. But I'm glad of the three games you mentioned, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, this game, and then Mahomes against Allen on Monday, all of them are in different time slots. So can sit down and watch Brown Steelers to start the day, late window Brady and Rodgers, Monday quasi-afternoon, Chiefs-Bills. So that, that'll be a lot of fun. Bucks uh, suffering the loss of Vita Vea, broke his leg against the Bears out for the regular season, or the rest of the season, I should say. It's an interesting uh, matchup here on a million different levels, by the way. Tampa Bay's been phenomenal against the run. They also get a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Rodgers, shockingly, at least to me, hasn't been great under pressure. His completion rate under pressure this year, he's only above starting quarterbacks Dwayne Haskins and Mitchell Trubisky, according to Pro Football Focus, which I swear Pro Football Focus has to be doing something wrong there, but they're Pro Football Focus, so they're probably not doing something wrong. So I don't know. I mean, Tampa Bay does get to the quarterback. It's, it's, uh, it's a really interesting matchup here. I think it's going to be a ton of fun. But uh, and I'm also the Bills and the Chiefs, man. This is you, you're talking about a Bills defense uh, that is scuffling along, but uh, their their offense is not scuffling, even though last night was pretty brutal. So I don't know. Can Kansas City come back here after uh, giving up 40 to the Raiders? I find that pretty interesting. 
You know what? We'll talk about it later because we're going to do guest or not guest the lines, but but we're going to talk about the lines and kind of make our predictions. I don't know. I'll say this: I do think it's going to be a fairly high scoring game. Um, both teams offensively can can put it up there. The one thing that I do find interesting in this one is the Bills. You just talked about how the Buccaneers bring a lot of pressure. They blitz. They blitz more than any team in football by percentage. The Bills are second. Mahomes historically destroys the blitz. Does to me here's the here's the crux of this game. Leslie Frazier is the defensive coordinator for Buffalo. Does he blitz in this game? Do they continue to do what they do, or do they back off? Now, we asked the same question a couple weeks ago when, they play, when the Chiefs played Baltimore. Baltimore is a top-five blitz team. Last year led the league in blitzing. Martindale did not back off. He blitzed and blitzed and blitzed, and, blitzed, and the Chiefs just destroyed them in that game. Will the Bills do the same thing? Or will they say, you know what? We're going to drop seven and play coverage. They've had a hard time all year getting to the quarterback, even when they do blitz. But I don't know what the answer is there. But if I'm Buffalo, I'm backing off. And I'm hoping we can get pressure with four. If we can't, I'm trying to keep everything in front of us. That seems to be the only way to even moderately slow down Kansas City. Um, it's going to be very interesting. If they blitz, I think the Chiefs will kill them. They just the Chiefs kill everybody when they blitz. So I don't think that's a way to win the game. Uh, to me, I'm I'm most interested in because I think no matter what defense Buffalo plays, the Chiefs are going to put up points here. Um, and I will be paying close attention to what to the blitzing aspect because of what you just teed up here, Matt Burrow, and that's why I enjoy being on the show with you because you make me a better football fan. But uh, Josh Allen, he's only got three picks all season long, right? Yep. But he threw two of them yesterday as uh, we're recording. So I'm wondering, do you is there a hangover there? Are you coming right back and you're super confident and you're and you're going to put up big numbers, or are you now maybe in your head a little bit because? Uh, you know, he's been fantastic. 14 touchdown passes, only three picks. Completion yep. rates right up at 70%. The guy's been great. But, okay, now you're going up against arguably the best team in the AFC. You're coming off a rough outing. Are you really able to bounce back and be huge? Because they, no matter how well Buffalo does defensively, they're going to need Josh Allen to play well. That's obvious. No question. And, and I think you're right on. Look, with Allen, to me, it's all about limiting the mistakes in this game. He, he cannot give the Chiefs extra possessions. If he does, they're going to lose. I, you just can't. Now, Kansas City, oddly enough, even after that atrocity against Derek Carr, they're ninth in the league in passing – excuse me, in DVOA defensively. Like they're, they're a pretty good defense. They didn't play like it on Sunday, but other than Sunday, they, they've been pretty rock solid all year long. In fact, before that game, they're the only team not to give up more than 20 points in the game. So the Chiefs can play defense. With Allen, I think he does come back. I think he plays well. They might get John Brown back, who had a calf injury. He, you know, he's a speedster for them. He's a vertical threat. Diggs is tremendous. Beasley's good underneath. Um, and to be fair, one of those picks wasn't Allen's fault. It was popped up in the air on a pass. A guy you know, should have been caught, and it wasn't. Now, to be to be totally transparent, there was also a pass on the next series that absolutely should have been picked off. That was dropped. So take right. it for what it's worth. Um, I think he'll be good. I'm I'm curious to see what the Chiefs do in this game. Spagnolo is not predictable. He's very different from game to game. There are sometimes he'll blitz like crazy and other times he drops back. I have a feeling the Chiefs are going to drop a million guys into coverage in this game and try to make him throw the ball through tight windows. And, and by the way, he's got more than enough arm to do it. But I have a feeling that's how the Chiefs will play it and they'll hope that Frank Clark and Chris Jones can get pressure without the blitz. So I'm fired up for Steelers-Browns for a 
bunch of reasons here. Steelers 4-0 for the first time since 79. The Browns 4-1, their best start in 26 years. But the one thing I want to see, that's you, Miles Garrett. Go over there, and I don't care that uh, Mason Rudolph's not starting. He's probably not going to see him. You go find him, and you have a moment (laughs) in front of the Steelers fans, and you settle the score, buddy. That would be... That would be incredible. Um, also, and, you know what? And go uh, find Freddie Kitchens too, by the way. Even though he's long, in Freddie Kitchens, the, the man's not going to be at the stadium. <laughs> um, you know what? I'll I'll say this about that game. So everybody always says, you know, Brown Steelers. It's one of the great rivalries, right? Obviously, close in proximity uh, geographically, and and it, you know, two teams have been in the same division dating back pre-merger. Um. Those two teams have essentially never been good at the same time, ever. I mean, really, if you stop to think about it, right? Like All those years, Browns entered the NFL in 1950. Well, guess what? The Steelers, who entered the NFL in 1933, didn't win a playoff game until 1972. So while the Browns were racking up all their titles in the 50s and early 60s, the Steelers were awful. The Steelers' team of the 70s, the, the Browns were terrible. The Browns got good in the 80s. The Steelers were, eh, okay. And then in the 90s, they had one time they met in 94, the last time Cleveland went 4-1. They met in the divisional round at Three Rivers. Pittsburgh won that game. Then eight years later, they met at Heinz Field, and Tommy Maddox had that crazy comeback against Kelly Holcomb. Point is, this rivalry is more about geography than it is actual great games. So this is kind of cool. Like, they're actually both really good. Like, whoever wins is ahead of the other one in the standings. The thing I'm watching in this game, Pittsburgh has an incredible pressure rate. They have an incredible rate of knocking down the quarterback. They're number two in pressure rate. They're number one uh, in getting home overall in terms of sacks. I want to see how Mayfield plays in this game. They have hidden him week after week after week running the ball. And you know, you know what Pittsburgh does better than anybody else? Stop the run. They are not going to let them run all over them. I'd be shocked if they do. Mayfield is going to have to throw the ball. Now, the good news if you're Cleveland their corners are not great. You can get you can get Pittsburgh's corners. You can. But can Mayfield do it? Because they don't have to blitz to get pressure, although they do blitz frequently, but they don't have to. Mayfield's going to have to make throws in this game, and he's going to have to do it in obvious passing downs. Can he do it? If he can, they win the game. Let's just tee up one more thing about the impressive at 4-0 Steelers. Uh, they haven't beaten anyone. They beat the Giants, they beat the Broncos, they beat the Texans, they beat the Eagles. Those teams are a combined 3-15-1. So, at least record-wise, and I think we all believe the Browns are better than those teams, even if we take out the records here. Uh, they, you know, The Steelers have been impressive, but this is by far the toughest game they've played. So, let's go, Cleveland. You can, you can do this, Brownie fans. I'm, 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 I'm rooting for the, uh, the, at least the perceived underdog here. Uh, which yep. is interesting, by the way, that uh, – I don't know. that The, the whole concept that – and to underline your point, Matt, they've never met each other when the combined winning percentage between the two teams has been this high. So uh, it's no, – I guess – It's a really, really good game. And by the way, you are right, not to belabor the point. The Steelers have played absolutely nobody, and they barely won all four of these games. And I'm somebody mm-hmm. – I've been on the Steelers train since May. Okay. Repeat after me. I, Kevin, take you, Susan – I, Kevin, take you, Susan. This is Jamie from Progressive. Jamie. No, it's all right. I can talk. Progressive protects you 24-7, which means you can contact us anytime. Shh. 
hmm, I'm getting a loud shh sound, so I'm going to talk louder. What can I help you with today? Uh huh. Oh, yeah, Progressive can do that. Ugh, there's that noise again. Hold on. Let me put you on speaker. Contact us 24 7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates covered subject to policy terms. But at some point here, you do need to play a good football game. They barely beat Philadelphia. They, they needed a fourth quarter comeback to beat Houston. They did everything imaginable to give away a game, give away a game to Denver and Jeff Driscoll. And week one was probably their most impressive performance. They beat the Giants by, I think, 12 points. Like, it right. wasn't exactly an overwhelming showing of force in that game. So, look, the one thing that is interesting, Roethlisberger is not throwing the ball deep at all. Everything. Everybody's talking about Breeze, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. Roethlisberger has been every bit as bad in terms of checking the ball down. Uh, how does that manifest itself in this game? Let's talk about who the best team in football is through five weeks of the schedule. Uh, we've got the Chiefs, who just lost. We've got Green Bay, who hasn't. Seattle, tough game with Minnesota this past week. Could have easily lost that game. Uh, the Ravens, who, of course, have dropped one of the Chiefs. Uh, we can go outside the box, too. Who's, who's your best team, Matt? Kansas City. I, I, I just won't move off a, a great team for one loss. And by the way, that's the, that would have stood true if Seattle lost to Minnesota, um, if Green Bay loses to Tampa this weekend, whatever. Like, I've also, by the way, I feel the exact same way about Buffalo that I felt two days ago. It's the NFL. Like, I, I, mean, I don't mean to be profane about it or anything, but like, shit happens. I, I don't look at one game now. You lose two in a row? Like, whoever loses this Kansas City Buffalo game, no, Kansas City, of course, is more established here, but. If the Chiefs lose to the Bills, then I think you have to take a little bit of a deeper look at, hey, what you know, is there something wrong? What's going on? If you if you said to me, every team's on a neutral field, who are you taking? I'm taking the Chiefs. So I will stick with the Chiefs, although the Packers are a really close second for me. So not to nitpick the topic here, but you wrote Matt Burram because you make the rundown. You are the leader of stacking the box. Who's the best team in football through five weeks? So through five weeks, who's the best team? That's got to be Green Bay because they're undefeated and they've scored 150 points without a turnover in their first four games. Which, by the way, no team in the history of the NFL has done, according to the Athletics' Bob McGinn, my guy. What's up, Bob McGinn? You love stacking the box. I know you do. So, And the Chiefs just gave up 500 yards to the Raiders. So I'm not saying they won't be the best team at the end of the year. If I had to bet my life on it, who's going to win the Super Bowl, I'd still pick Kansas City. But through five weeks, who's been the best team? I think you got to give it to Green Bay right now. I mean, Minnesota, should, you know, I think that's a, a, a – if we're parsing down the question, if you will, I, I think that's – I got I to give it to the Packers. So we'll see what they do against the Bucks this week. Uh, all right, into the future we go. Are the Titans, the Tennessee COVID Titans, a legitimate contender in your eyes? What do you think? And by the way, maybe, maybe stop bragging – about how like I, all, all that, the over that freaking guy overcame Taylor like, Lewin, yeah Taylor Lewin, like, hey, bro Lewin, whatever. Give F it a off. rest, man. Like even like Tannehill after the game, talking about like, how they like, what a tough couple weeks it was for them. Like, look, sure it was. I bet it was. Nobody yeah, wants I mean, to hear it. I, I, yeah, come on now. It's like when the Houston Astros come out and they're like, oh, nobody believed in us. You're a bunch of cheating frauds. Like. I, Give it a rest. Um, look, that being said, do I think the Titans are a legitimate contender? If the definition of legitimate contender is that they can win the Super Bowl, no. I don't think they're a legitimate contender. 
if it is, could they knock off any team on a given Sunday in a playoff game? Yeah, I think they could. Um, Tennessee has better offensive weapons than people realize. Like John Smith's a pretty good tight end. A.J. Brown's an excellent receiver. Corey Davis has not lived up to his draft billing, but he's at least solid, and he didn't play on Tuesday night, but he's, he's a good player. Same thing with Adam Humphreys. Uh, and, of course, Henry there is, is the guy everybody thinks about. But Tannehill's played really well since he's become the starter there. Really well. Like, like Pro Bowl-esque. So, I, the reason I don't th- put them on the upper, upper echelon is I just think teams like Kansas City, Baltimore, and I know they beat Baltimore last year in the playoffs, but Kansas City, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, those teams just have those top-end guys that in January I think you just need to win. Like, those guys can just make things happen with that I don't know that Tennessee can get to that gear but I think Tennessee's good I mean you could argue Tennessee's top four team in the AFC I mean hell you could argue they're better than Buffalo they just beat the hell out of the Bills so they're good they're certainly I think they'll win the division I am in on the Titans I mean you just blasted the Bills friggin blasted them mm-hmm. um that's impressive and Whatever you want to use COVID as a rallying cry, okay. I don't. I'm not. I don't want to hear it. But I, you know, listen. They. I think they kind of feel like Titans against the world right now. They have a tremendous play action, pass slash run attack offense going on right now. You're absolutely a thousand percent right on Ryan Tannehill. Which uh, Miami, you have to be looking in the mirror on some level of how you did not realize what what the skill set of Ryan Tannehill was so you can make him an effective quarterback because clearly Tennessee has figured something out. And to your any given day point, I think they can. You get a couple of turnovers, get some ball control offense, Tannehill plays well. You know who's leading the NFL in in yards per attempt uh, passing the football? It's Ryan freaking Tannehill. They, they go down the field because of that offense. So t- the Titans – I mean, damn, you got to give it to them. I, I didn't, I, I think it's a, a true story in Tennessee right now. They, they should be, and they are, by the way, puffing out their chest. So um, I, I'm, I'm in on Tennessee if this is not the in or out segment, but uh, I think they are. Let's do, uh, let's do Drew Brees. Uh, will he rebound or are we officially in the never ending decline? Uh, I think you're slightly optimistic on Drew. I am. Look, I think he'll rebound to a degree. I mean, Michael Thomas is going to be back here after the bye now that his ankle's uh, healed and his uh, non-suspension suspension is over. But when you watch the Saints, and I've watched every snap of them this year, Breeze, I don't know whether it's he doesn't have confidence or he just knows that he can't physically drive the ball down the field. Like they got Emmanuel Sanders to be a deep threat for them. They're running routes that are like eight yards at most. And like every once in a blue moon, some team will bust a coverage. And Breeze is smart enough to throw the ball down the field because he, he's so intelligent having played all these years that he sees a guy get open. He sees a bust. Okay, he'll make that play. He's not throwing the ball down the field at all. Now, last year, Average just under eight yards an attempt, which is good. 27 touchdowns, four picks. As the year went on, he was fine. His last four regular season games averaged just right around 300 yards in those games. Uh, he had 15 touchdowns, no picks. Uh, and, and by the way, th- those games include some real teams at Tennessee, home against the Niners. So like, 
I think I think it'll get better. Thomas coming back will certainly help. But I don't think there's any denying. Look, that game against the Chargers on Monday night. Now, there's two ways of looking at that. He was not very good in that game. Statistically speaking, you look at it and go, well, you know, he threw for 325. That was dump off after dump off after dump off. I mean, it, where guys are just picking up extra yards after the catch. And, and the Chargers, there's no team that pisses down their leg more than the Chargers. I mean, two 17-point leads in a row, you couldn't win either one of those friggin' games? Uh, so, look, I think he'll get better marginally. I do think his days of being a top-five quarterback, though, are cooked. So, since you laid out all the football here, Verderam, I'm going to tell you why, off the field, I am all in on Drew Brees. Have you seen how he has – and cue the music right now if we had it. Have you seen how he has been channeling – his uh, Jefferson's moving on up, home life, home life, happy home life, happy football life, Matt Verderam. Uh, no, I have not seen that. So he just purchased a deluxe condo in the Four Seasons, sky high, new New Orleans building. Uh, this courtesy of TMZ. He is uh, he's he's living in the Four Seasons New Orleans hotel and private residences. Uh, he's got in his Four Seasons Verderam. He's got private access to a bar or lounge, a golf simulator room. He's got a 75-foot outdoor pool. He can look at the Mississippi River. He can look at the French Quarter. And, uh, yeah, I'm extremely freaking jealous of people who have tons of money, and I'm looking at this pool, and it looks freaking amazing. So he's just going to come home. He's going to chill. He's going to rejuvenate, and then he's going to go over to the Superdome and play like the baller that Drew Brees was in his prime. Henceforth, I'm all in on Brees. What do you think? I think that's an emotional argument, and not an <laughs> argument rooted in fact. Uh, listen, man, I, I just, I, I'm a big Breeze guy. I've, I've read his, I've read his autobiography. I, in fact, I own it. It's on my shelf right behind me, actually. Uh, I think the world of the guy is a person, and I think the world of him is a quarterback. But I think, I, I think that it's coming to an end. Like the Saints are not going to be in the Super Bowl if they can't play really well around him this year. Um, sure. Unless, unless obviously I'm dead wrong, and he just he just finds a fountain. No, no, no. You're 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 dead right. But he is going to ride off into the sunset in a sweet pool at the Four Seasons with. That's dope. That's just really nice. Uh, we're let's go on to uh, Le'Veon Bell, who was released yesterday by the Jets. Uh, yeah, great in Pittsburgh, not great in New York. Let's call it a disaster in New York. Actually, from on the field, off the field, everything about him, but. The talent is still there. Where does he end up? We're in Chicago. Bears Twitter is all hyped on Le'Veon Bell. The Bears would never do it. Where do you think he's going? So I'll say this. I'm going to base this off of my own reporting from a few years ago on this when he was a free agent. I know and I reported back then the Bears were interested in him then, but they couldn't afford him. So I definitely think the Bears are interested in him now, considering David Montgomery's not making anybody forget about Walter Payton. Um, that offensive line blows. Montgomery's been fine, but I hey, listen, if the Bears want to do it, go ahead. I, I'm I'm all in, but they're very conservative with this stuff. But go I'll ahead. Tell you what, he'll have a hundred receptions with with Foles. A hundred, literally a hundred. All right, well that would help. They, I mean, God <laughs> Almighty, man, they'll throw the ball at him ten times a game. Like I, I mean, so I I think the Bears are involved, but I'll give you two other teams. One, the Dolphins. I reported from multiple sources last uh, when he was a free agent, what two years ago. Now, obviously, things change in life. If all things were equal, he wanted to go to Miami. He wanted to go play on South Beach and and you know enjoy that lifestyle because he loves his music as well. There's a Who whole doesn't? bunch of things that go into it. Right. I mean, we all love our music. 
And uh, and South Beach. Oh, South Ooh. Beach is unreal. We we can't get into that conversation where there's a recording. Um, but yeah, South Beach is amazing. Uh, no, but if, if he had had his brothers, if every team had offered an equal contract back then, he would have signed with Miami. So I think the Dolphins are very much involved. They don't have a running back. They're in love with either. And they're actually not terrible. Like they got the Jets this week, and they win that game. They're 3-3. Three and three. They're at least in a mix. The other team to watch is the Chiefs. Now, I'm not – I'll be clear. This isn't a, a sourced report or anything. However, there's a lot of reasons I think the Chiefs fit. I did report back in, what, August that the Chiefs were interested in Leonard Fournette, and they were. Um, then it came out that Adrian Peterson was a guy they were interested in. That was reported, I believe, NFL Network. The Chiefs, when, when Bell was a free agent, were not willing anywhere near to spend the kind of money it was going to cost to get him. It's not going to cost that kind of money now. And the Chiefs look at a guy like Bell and say, we can throw him the ball a million times out of the backfield. We can spell Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And, oh, by the way, he's not going to cost anything. So I think for the Chiefs, it makes a lot of sense. They do not have a back they love behind Edwards-Hilaire. Darwin Thompson was that guy, but Thompson struggled with the playbook at times, and he fumbles all the – he fumbled, which is something that drives Andy Reid, of course, crazy. Those are the three teams I would watch uh, that I think are front runners for Bell. All right. I like it. Let's go to Matt Ryan and the Indianapolis Colts. You're drawing this connection because I guess Phillip Rivers is not going to be the answer in Indy. Uh, although I still think there's like one one like ounce of gas left in that tank. Oh, but, no, man. No, no. Uh, okay. No. I, I, I just said an ounce. That's all I said was an ounce. Not, a, not, not, not even a quarter of a tank. But okay. Uh, you're asking should the Colts be trying to get Matt Ryan. It would be very expensive to do this. Uh, you know, salary cap wise, uh, his cat he goes to forty four point four six six million in bonus money if he's traded or cut before June first. So I don't know exactly know how Indy could do all that, but I, but when teams want to get creative at the NFL, they always do. So you got him. You got the Colts should be in on Matt Ryan. I'm saying that look, whether it's during the, this year or after this year, if I'm the Colts, yeah, absolutely. Matt Ryan's still a borderline top ten quarterback in the NFL. He's still a good player. I get he's in his mid-30s, but you and I both know, look, this isn't 1987 anymore where quarterbacks are pretty much beaten to hell sure. and done by the time they're 32. Like, I don't think it's going to be rare to see quarterbacks play to their early 40s. I don't. I think mo I think a lot of guys are going to be able to do it. They're so protected. Um, and physically, what the hell? I mean, you can throw the football, you can throw the football. So I think Ryan's got a lot of gas left. The Colts have Brissett signed through the end of this year. They have Rivers signed through the end of this year. Brissett, obviously, is not the answer. He's a good backup, but he's not a starter. Rivers is done, man. Like, like cooked all the way through, on fire at this point. Somebody get the fire extinguisher. Like, he is he's beyond done. And I was somebody who thought going to Indy might revive him for a year. He has no arm anymore. He can't drive the... The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Oh, it's just, and, and that combined with some shoddy decision making, not great. So if I'm the Colts, I'm looking at every avenue possible. Okay, assuming they can't get Dak Prescott at the end of the year. In free agency, I'm assuming that the Cowboys will find a way to keep him. 
Ryan, to me, is my next best option because they're not going to draft high enough to get anybody of note. So, yeah, if I'm them, I'm absolutely looking at Ryan. I think the Falcons need to rebuild that whole thing. Uh, they do, and new coach, new general manager, new quarterback, all of it's coming to Atlanta and probably before the 2021 season gets going, and that's fine. Matt Ryan in Indy would be a sweet ending for Matt Ryan. I'd like to see Matt Ryan get to the mountaintop here. I th- he deserves it. He's been a very productive quarterback, class act, all of it. Is, would Indy be the place to do it for him? I'm not sure, but uh, that defense is legit. Let's do. Uh, let's make some money here, Matt. Place your bets. We got five games for you, and uh, we started the show talking about the Packers and the Bucks after we learned about Verderam's hockey career and his Frank Sinatra slash Beethoven slash. Uh, well, Jurassic Jerry Goldsmith, Park. baby. He did Rudy there, and Jurassic Park. There we go. That's beautiful. I love Rudy. Uh, Packers are a two-and-a-half-point favorite at Tampa. Who are you taking? I, I like the Bucs in this game. I just I just think they're a desperate team. I'll say this. To me, it's the biggest toss of the week. I think either team obviously could win. I like Tampa, if not just to win, at least to cover. I think it would be a you know, one- or two-point game. It feels like the kind of game that will come right down to it. I, I think the Packers are better. I think the Buccaneers are more desperate. They're at home in the game. They need to win. And I think Brady, with Evans healthy, with with Godwin potentially back, they can throw the ball in the Packers. The one thing with the Packers, they've not played teams that have had any of their weapons. And I forget who tweeted this, so I want to give credit because this wasn't my initial observation, but I saw it. They played the Lions without Galladay. They played the Falcons without Julio Jones. They played the Saints without Michael Thomas. Um, and there was, and I, I, the other team, the Vikings, played the Vikings as well in week one. They've played all these teams without like major weapons. Now, do I think the Packers are really good and deservedly four zero? Yes, but the Buccaneers, if they're healthy, are going to test that defense more than anybody else has. So Green Bay coming off a by two thousand nine to two thousand fourteen six and zero. Last five years, one and four, and they've lost their last three. Does this matter? Probably not, which is why I'm going with Green Bay. Look, Aaron Rodgers, you have to be freaking irritated that everybody considers Tom Brady the GOAT while he's playing alongside you in his career. Go out and beat Brady, at least in this particular scenario, and do a dance. Aaron Rodgers going big, Matt. That's my prediction, and the, the Packers roll over the Bucks. Uh, Chiefs, three-and-a-half-point favorite three, at, at Buffalo. Plus, minus, I'm sorry, three and a half. Thank you. The Chiefs are three and a half point favorite at Buffalo. What do you got? So, I thought about this for a while because you could make an argument either way. Um, But I think I'm taking the Chiefs here. I I do. Look, Buffalo is a legitimate team, so I don't want anybody to read that the wrong way. I think the Bills are going to win the AFC East. I think they're going to be right there in the playoffs. They're going to be a problem. Josh Allen has legitimately improved. He's been great this year. I'm taking the Chiefs for two reasons. The Bills cannot run the football. Going into Tuesday night, they averaged 3.7 yards a carry. It's 28th in the NFL. The Chiefs, not a great run defense, but <laughs> you're running for 3.7 yards a carry. It doesn't give me a whole lot of confidence you're going to start gashing the Chiefs left and, left and right in this game. I think to beat the Chiefs, you've at least got to have some drives where you sustain them and you're on the field for a while. Otherwise, Mahomes gets in rhythm. The other part of this is, we talked about it earlier, the Bills blitz a ton. Part of the reason they blitz a ton is because they've not been able to get pressure. Okay, They're 23rd in pressure rate, despite blitzing the second most of any team in the NFL. If you don't get to Mahomes, you're dead. You're dead. 
And if you blitz them, you're really dead, as the Ravens found out. Um, now, Ray, I hope for the Bills. The Raiders had 25 pressures coming into their game against the Chiefs for the whole year. And they had 26 against Kansas City, which is just insane. But that's kind of also the reason I'm picking the Chiefs. I just don't think a good line is going to have a bad week like that two weeks in a row. I think it's like a 34-27 game. I'll take Kansas City to cover and win the game. I'm going the hangover is real. The motivation is lacking. The defense is sleeping. Buffalo is excellent on third down. 57.8% conversion rate. That's third in the NFL. Somehow, some way, the Chiefs can't get off the field. And the Bills stun the NFL with a three-point win uh, and get it done over KC. So I'll take the Bills and the points here just for more entertainment. I think that would be amazing. By the way, uh, well, let's just move on, actually. New England is a a nine-and-a-half-point favorite over the Broncos. You give Denver any chance of keeping it close? Uh, I'll I'll say this. I think Denver – has a decent defense, and I don't think New England's great offensively. So you could make the argument that Denver covers like a backdoor cover. I, I think New England wins this game by double digits. So I'll take New England to cover. It's a, it's a big spread, but New England's the better team. Uh, off a bye, they'll get Cam Newton back, and, and Denver's just so beat up. So, yeah, I'll take New England at home to win the game, something like 23 to 10. Big Fangio, you're going to keep this close. You're going to keep this close. You're going to keep this close. That's what you do. You've had a long time to scheme for this Patriots offense. You have delved into what Cam Newton is doing. You don't have enough to win, but you are going to cover. I'll, I'll take the Broncos uh, to at least be within nine and a half points uh, against New England with the COVID-19 delayed game. Uh, welcome back, Cam Newton. Panthers, three-point favorite over the Bears at home. No Christian McCaffrey yet, but Mike Davis is running wild for Carolina. Bears coming off a win over the Bucks. What do you got? So this is an interesting game. Carolina's three and two, Chicago four and one. Panthers at home here. Uh, I like the Panthers. I, I think the Panthers will win and cover. I don't think it's a blot. I think it's close. Uh, the, now the one thing that's interesting is Bridgewater's throwing a ton of balls underneath. He's completing like seventy three percent of his throws. Guess who has the best defensive uh, rating against in terms of completion percentage against? The, the Bears, 57%. So the Bears do not give up a lot of completions. That being said, man, I think Matt Rule's doing a hell of a job coaching the Panthers. I think he puts them in position to win games. And I just, and I'll be honest, this is the thing with me. It's been with me all year long with the Bears. I just cannot get past the quarterback. I just can't. They're so unbelievably limited offensively. The defense even has like a, a B-minus game. They just have no shot to win. So I, I like the Panthers in a tight game. Wouldn't be shocked if Chicago wins, but I'll take Carolina cover. So Matt Nagy is talking on Zoom to reporters, and he's screaming about details in the Bears offense. The Bears could have been the home for Teddy Bridgewater. Instead, they went with Nick Foles. The Bears' miracles come to an end. Carolina at home as the Bears will slip to 4-2. and two. Mike Davis, who was a Bear last year, not used properly, released early in the season, gets his revenge, gets in the end zone, flexes all over Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy, Chuck Pagano, 
and the Chicago Bears Panthers by 10. And uh, the, 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 the worry that the Bears are a fraud is real in Chicago. All right, let's do the Steelers and the Browns. Pittsburgh, three-and-a-half-point favorite over Cleveland. I'm taking Cleveland to cover. I don't know if they win. In fact, I'd probably pick Pittsburgh to win like, you know, 28, 27, something like that. I think Cleveland's going to cover for two reasons. The Browns have a lot of weapons offensively. And while Mayfield does scare the hell out of me sometimes, I do think that the Steelers can be beaten on the outside and the Browns have weapons that could take it to the house on any given play. So that's a big plus in their column. Also, and and this is more of a gut thing than anything else, the Steelers never, ever, ever play, if you want to call the Browns inferior competition, they never play those teams like they should play them. Those are they always end up being these tight, weird games with Pittsburgh. I, I ju- and, and they've been weird games even recently with Cleveland. I, I just think, you know, the Steelers when when they play a team that's better than them, they always seem to rise to the occasion. And when they play a team they should beat, and I think Cleveland's good, but I do think they're better. I think they should beat Cleveland. They always seem to kind of let those teams linger. So the three and a half, that hook matters to me. I'll take Cleveland to cover. I think they hang around. Worst case, is they backdoor cover. So, yeah, I, I think the Browns are in this game and, and could win if they get a break or two. So, have you ever seen the movie Fast Times at Ridgemont High? No. You've never seen Fast Times at Ridgemont High? I've heard of it. never appealed to me. Oh, my. Okay. That, that's, You've that never is, seen Dodgeball. I don't want okay, to hear it. Okay. I mean, we're, this is the generational gap between me and you. I will I will commit to watching Dodgeball before the next Stack in the Box podcast. You probably will not commit, but should watch Fast Times at Ridgemont High beforehand. Uh, Forrest Whitaker had one of the greatest football games in the history of cinema in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. He They wrecked his car, the opposing high school, and he came out – just wanting to absolutely tear up the entire team. That is my vision for Miles Garrett, who is going to want to get his revenge against the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's already got six sacks on the year, three strip sacks. He is going to strip and sack and crush Baker Mayfield enough that the Browns are put into submission. I will take the Pittsburgh Steelers. Wait, what? <laughs> you just said he's going to – I mean. Gonna- I'll take the. I'm sorry. I'll take the Cleveland you Browns. You said he's going to sack Baker Mayfield into submission. <laughs> you have a stroke halfway to that point. Yes, I did. I he's going to crush Ben Roethlisberger. I don't know why. It's like my desire that for Baker to fail that just came up. I don't know where that just. I I, I got super excited. My bad. Ben Roethlisberger is going to be eaten and demolished along with Mason Rudolph and Mike Tomlin and the entire Pittsburgh Steelers. Miles Garrett is going enormous for the Browns. I will take the Cleveland Browns to get it done in a stunner in a big-time way over Pittsburgh. What do you think? I, I think I'm, I'm glad that you're still with us after that <laughs> uh, very salient point. No, Garrett's the kind of guy you can blow a game up. Like, And that's you know that's why earlier we were talking about the Titans, and I was kind of saying I just they don't have those top-line guys. Guys like Garrett, like those guys play in the big games. Those guys, like that's even why, honestly, I'm kind of going with the Chiefs over the Bills. In this. I, I just – Allen's been very good, but Mahomes is just the kind of guy that if he has a game like that, it just, he, he could just win it by himself. And Garrett is a defensive version of that where he could have three sacks and a, and a strip sack and a, and a, you know, whatever, a tip ball that goes for a pick six. He is that kind of player. He's, he's, been, he's been absolutely phenomenal. It's one of the reasons why Cleveland is, is sitting there at 4-1. and one. All right, let's go to uh, in or out. 
We start with the Chargers. They're a playoff contender at one and four. Verderam out of nowhere, still, still, still buying a little bit, perhaps. I am actually like they need help at this point because they're one and four. But their schedule gets really, really easy for a huge chunk of the rest of the year. Like, go look at the Chiefs, or excuse me, go at the Chargers schedule. They do still play the Chiefs at Arrowhead week 17, although that game may mean nothing for Kansas City. So we don't know how hard that game's going to be. Um, They've already played the Chiefs once, Saints, the Buccaneers, right? Like they, They've got a schedule now where, okay, they've got Denver twice, the Raiders twice, which are not easy but winnable games. They've got the Jets. They've got the Dolphins. I mean, there's a lot of games, and they've got the Falcons. Seven playoff teams. How many wins do you think it takes to get in? Nine. So you've got the Chargers going eight and three. Three the rest of the way. I've got them. They could potentially go eight and three. I I'm understand. Not, I, I mean, yeah, because I mean, obviously, look, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying I, I'd gamble on them to get in there. But do they have a shot? Yeah, I mean, I think they've got a shot. Look, first of all, okay, so they, they the rest of the year. I mean, they play, they play Jacksonville. They should win that game. They play Atlanta. They should win that game. They could definitely between the four games with the Broncos and the Raiders, they could win three of those games. I, I don't. I mean, they could definitely do that. Um, they, got, they have to go to Buffalo. They have to go to Kansas City. Those are the two real tough ones. Yep. Right. I'm just doing the math here. I think I'm in with you here, Verderam. Anything's possible. I mean, look, what, like I said, would I put $100 on it? No. But do I think – look, the Chargers – You'd get Chargers good odds. Been good. The problem with the Chargers right now is they just cannot close games. They were up 11 on the Chiefs in the second half, couldn't finish it. They were up – 17 right before half against the Bucs, couldn't finish it. They were up 17 right before the half against the Saints, couldn't finish it. I mean, my God. And you know what? They've her- lost where they hit a they hit a upright on a field goal attempt to win the game on Monday night. And they lost to the Chiefs because Harrison Bucker made like 70 kicks from 58 yards. So, you know, they're not that far off. And and listen, I think we're all in on Justin Herbert Even being a legitimate quarterback. So I, I, I like that call by you a lot. In fact, if, if I was recommending to you, Vertoram, I'd find out what the odds are on it, and I might put down a couple shekels, as they like to say uh, in Israel. Thank you very much. Out of nowhere, let's get the shekel in here. So the Jets, in or out, are more likely than the field uh, for the number one pick. So if you had a bet on... Yeah, go ahead. Something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto, they offer you round-the-clock protection. Something you probably don't know, the average oak tree branch can hold 70 pounds. Something you probably do know, your neighbor is building their kid a treehouse. Something you probably don't know, a falling treehouse would take out your whole fence. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Yeah, this is a fun way to look at it, right? So, like, if you had to bet, I don't know, let's say, let's say go 100 bucks, 100 dollars you taking the Jets to have the number one overall pick or the field? I'm taking the Jets, man. And I don't normally do that. I'm a big believer, and I always take the field in life. The Jets are the Jets are so impossibly bad, and now they've got Bell out of there. Like, I look at the Jets and think to myself, all kidding aside, if they win two games this year, I'd be stunned. One game, okay, things that two feels impossible. And I don't know that I feel like that about any other team in football. In fact, I feel like every other team will at least have two wins. So you've got the Giants 
at 0-5. That's yep. amazing. Have they ever been 0-10 combined? Do you know? I don't know. I'd have to look. I'm not sure. I'm guessing the- no. I mean, that seems like that's a pretty big road to hold, but I mean... Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not 100% on that. Maybe in the 70s. And, and the Falcons are 0-5, too. Atlanta's had a bunch of winnable games, though. You wouldn't think with Matt Ryan they'll They're be They're not that. going. Yeah, no. Yeah. So, and then you look at the 1-4s. Minnesota's better than 1-4. The Redskins might not be better than 1-4. No. Uh, the Chargers, we just outlined, are better than 1-4. Jacksonville, I don't think, is better than 1-4. Houston might be. Probably are. Uh... I'm in with you on this one. I the the Jets are a, a considerable favorite. I would take I would take the New York Jets. They have to be right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. No. I I think I think I think they've got this one on lockdown, even though they're not quite there yet. But uh, stay consistent. J E T S Jets Jets Jets. Uh, the NFL will play the playoffs in a bubble, in or out. So there's been talk that the NFL playoffs could have like dual bubbles: Dallas and Los Angeles. Um, that was reported, I want to say by ESPN. Um, I'm out because I just think the NFL has been out on the bubble idea all the way through. And I I think they may continue to be, I think the NFL, they love their optics and is the league going to want to all of a sudden go, okay, guys, we're going to a bubble for this, especially by the way, when the Super Bowl is being played in Tampa, which you know, they're not moving. And the governor of Florida has decided that essentially the entire state can go to Raymond James Stadium for that game. Um, I don't think they're going to go to a bubble. They love having the games at Lambeau Field and at Arrowhead and, you know, and, and all these like, iconic stadiums. Um, I don't think they do it unless, uh, I, unless it's a total outbreak in the country because, you know, the flu season and it exacerbates it, then maybe. But as of right now, I would say no. So they absolutely should, and it could be fun, by the way, if you did an NBA, NHL-style playoffs and everybody was, I don't know, whatever Disney World would be for the NFL, it would ensure the playoffs and the way literally every state is going to be on lockdown in the next month here with the way things are going, uh, I think it's, it might prove to be absolutely necessary. But the NFL is extremely stubborn, and now we are having fans in certain stadiums. So I am, I am uh, out on them playing the playoffs in a bubble. They're going to squeeze whatever dollars they can squeeze here, and we're just going to continue to live like America likes to live. America, we want our cake and eat it too. I get it. I, I appreciate that on some weird level. Uh, Adam Yase is just trolling us now. You're right here. In or out. What do you mean by that? Well, so I, This is kind of just a fun one. I put this in here because – Adam Gase in the uh, Wednesday presser, so today's presser since we're recording it on a Wednesday, he made a comment to the reporters that, you know, we talked about whether or not I should keep my play calling duties. And we all had the conversation and we all decided it was best if I continue to call the play. (laughs) Who in God's name sat in that room and was like, you know what, Adam? I think it's best if you continue to drive this ship. Well, because they, they want they want Trevor and they want him. Hey, our best. I, pl- oh, okay. That's fine. But look, I got news. If you're one of those coaches, you shouldn't want Trevor because you're all getting fired and you're not going to have him anyway. So, they know that. They they, I, they, they, know, they know it's over. I mean, dude, like, I I was listening. He's talking about, you know, uh, well, Bell, Bell didn't think he got 
used properly here. Oh, well, I think that's irrelevant. Your usage of your $60 million running back was irrelevant. I, it's unbelievable. I don't know how these guys, a couple of whom I'm friends with, cover the Jets in these conferences on a day-in-day-out basis and their heads don't explode. I, I can't, like, I'll tell you, you know, in New York, everybody always jokes about the Richie Kotite era and what a disaster it was. This guy is every bit the clown show that Richie Kotite was. Every bit. Like, at least Richie Kotite in Philadelphia was a somewhat respectable coach. What the hell has Adam Gase ever done in his career? And it, it's just, man, look, this is, in my lifetime covering the league, this is right up there with the worst head coaching tenure I've ever seen. I mean, Hugh Jackson in Cleveland, that that's right there. You know, I mean, pick take your pick from the Lions, but like, man, this is... The best thing he ever did was the one year he was an offensive coordinator in Chicago and somehow, some way he made Jay Cutler a competent, useful, productive quarterback. And that got him to Miami and it got him to New York and he's been riding it the whole way. And the ride seems to just to be rides over. Ride is over. Exactly. Rides over. Ride Carnival's is over. closing up shop. Uh, I guess I'm out if I had to answer the question on whether he's trolling us. I think he actually believes what he's saying. Um, I don't think he's got that level of sense of humor. Let's uh, let's wrap it up here, Verderam. I, I hear you're, uh, you've got NBA Jam. We talked about it on the Sunday podcast. It's, Damn right. I can't quite – hang on. Let me expand my window here. No, I can't see it behind me, behind you. There she is. That's it. There it is. It doesn't look like it's plugged in right now. No, it's got an on-off switch. Oh, it's, it's got an on. Wow. Yeah. How many times have you played? Oh, God. I, I played for a <laughs> long time. Part of the reason I'm tired is I may or may not have played till one thirty in the morning yesterday <laughs> um, or this morning and on your viewpoint. It's amazing. I've been playing because it comes with – it comes, so it's got regular running like, – like the regular NBA Jam original. Then it's got NBA Jam tournament edition, which is what I've been playing. Also got NBA hang time on there, which I haven't oh. delved into yet. Um, <laughs> but no, I'm jacked up, man. Like I got, I got the initials in there. I'm all set, and it's you know it's keeping on track of my record. Um, first like ten games or so, I just I just played just kind of like exhibition style, no initials. Then I started playing for. I have not lost yet since I've gone to the initial game. So I won one. I won a game with the Knicks. Then last night, the very end, last game I played, I went with the Suns. Charles Barkley and Dan Marley. I was heating up. Caught fire with Starks at one point. I feel good. So uh, it's been it's been a hell of a ride, man. It's been a lot of fun. The Queen came down and played it. I thought she broke it because she was mashing the buttons. Almost had to almost had to put up the Queen for adoption. As it turns out, <laughs> game's fine. Queen enjoyed it. It's uh, it's all good. I I was gonna ask uh, if if Maisie has gotten involved here, your three year old, because that's good parenting, and she should have a stool set up there and. I don't think she needs to go to school, really. I mean, just let's get the jam going, and and, and that'll be great learning for all of us. Uh, I don't have any um, super things exciting that are going on in my life, so I'll just tell a story to wrap it up. Carm at the University of Iowa, Mayflower, my first year there in the dorm, they had Ms. Pac-Man downstairs where you, in the study area, and 
that was an absolute crusher for me to ever actually really elevate myself past just passing. Cause I'd yeah. get to like, okay, I think I got enough done. And then I would just, it'd be Ms. Pac-Man all night long. And I could still like remember hearing the sounds. Ooh, yep. I'm trying to eat the last dot. Ms. Pac-Man's amazing. It was one of those at the Roscoe diner back home in New York. And my father used to play it, which, Oh, by the way, I got to finish with this real quick. My dad will get all over my ass if I don't. So a couple of weeks ago, I talked about how if you got a lawnmower, you've got a rake. And I and I chastised the old man because he's always out there raking like crazy, doesn't mow the leaves up. I'll never understand it. So he listens to this podcast, of course, as a good father would. And he called me up right after hearing that and said, I I demand an apology on the <laughs> air. You, you, sir, talking to me, you, you have one tree in your yard. No wonder you rake. You don't rake. He's like, I have about 50 trees. I have to rake or I'd be, I'd be emptying the bag every five seconds. So See, now, th- that, that, that is an elite dad who doesn't just look at the stats, but actually realizes that there are extenuating circumstances. And you ha- it's, like, it's like you can't just look at the stats and know what happened. You have to actually watch the game. And Mr. Verderam, your dad, elite father, is watching the game both in life and in football. And that's why we love him here on Stacking the yeah. Box. He, uh, he was very adamant about it. So, Dad, yeah, I, I apologize um, you're right. You do have a lot of trees there. You live in the mountainous uh, area. I I do have uh, more than one tree, but, but yeah, the point is well taken. So I, fair I, enough. I would, I would also I, that in. I would also, if I if I may, and I and I don't know your dad. And I'm sure he's uh, the, the greatest dad of all time outside of Papa Fred Carmen. Love you, Dad. Out there, gotta gotta be loyal to home base. But you know, on some level, Mister Verderam, don't tell us how uh, rocky the water is. Just dock the boat. You pick this house. You got a lot of you got a lot of uh, you know trees out there. Well, we we don't want to hear the complaints. Uh, Listen to I'm what you're saying. down the damn tree. Yeah, I mean, like, let's get a creative. No, don't, don't do that. We need our trees. Uh, I, I, I love our environment. Man, has a million of them. <laughs> yeah. uh, good to be with you today, Matt. Thanks, thanks everybody, for checking out Stack in the Box uh, once again. And, yes, I will give you the reminder that we love when you give us a rating uh, and, and, and a review. It's greatly appreciated. Sunday night, week six. A lot to talk about this coming Sunday. Looking forward to it, Matt. Should be great. I think it's the best Sunday so far of the year. We will see you then. At Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. We did it. We time-traveled to yesterday. Wait, Progressive covers us 24-7, but we just created an eight-day week, and it's 24-7 coverage, not 24-8. We got to go back. Are you joking right now? Shh, I'm calling them. Hi, I have a question about time travel. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.